Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Go Rangers Radio on this Friday, January 3rd. Special quick cast this afternoon right here on the Go Hockey Radio Network. Live from New York, baby. Yours truly, Mr. Paul Cuthbert. And without further ado, your friend and mine, Mr. Kevin Delory. KD, good afternoon, pal. And how are you feeling today? Uh, could be a little bit better, my friend. My ranges, my, you know, I'm staying up late to watch these guys. You know, I got a family. I got to work the next day. At least give me a win. <laughs> give me a good effort. Give me something. It's not in their MO right now, buddy. I mean, I don't know what's going on over there. I mean, you know, this is something I'm really glad we're going to talk about today. But let's just recap here. After two back-to-back wins versus the Canes and Ronto, and they get all pumped and going out west before New Year's Eve and maybe have a little New Year's Eve party in Edmonton. And then they just put up two absolute stinkers against Edmonton and last night against the Flames. So this Western Canadian trip is not starting well at all. And, KD, it's all over the place. Well, yeah, I mean, I think those two games gave us almost like a, a false sense of security, you know? I mean, we, we were talking about it that, the defense wasn't good in those games. They were still giving up 40-plus shots a game. It was just that Lundqvist and Georgiev had outstanding games like they usually do. You know, now their last game, or not the last game, the game in Edmonton gave up 40-plus shots, but Georgiev didn't stand on his head. So that Edmonton scores seven goals. You know, it, there's, that's, there's not a lot of difference in the way they're playing other than the goaltending. If the goaltending is on, they win. If it's not, they lose. <laughs> because the defense is terrible in every game. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, look, I'm sticking to what I said last week. I still like these guys defensively. I said, you know, I like the core, and we talked about the goaltending. <laughs> and, and I went on about how defense wins championships uh, from the net out, and man, these last two games just just definitely made my commentary last week just look uh, absolutely horrible. Um, yeah, I mean, as far as that goes, man, there's there's nothing changing. I mean, um, it, it, there's a whole lot going on here, Kevin, here to unwrap. I, I really don't know where to start, but I'm just going to say this about Edmonton. A couple of things pointing out. I don't care about the comeback. Uh, they would just to not be ready for that game and just to just get blown out the way they did. Uh, was just unacceptable. Uh, no matter how close they came, Edmonton was done. By the time the uh, Rangers were coming back in the game, they they just changed their game. They weren't really playing anymore. Um, the emotion from Georgiev hadn't seen that ever before. As far as him, we've always raved about his composure and how professional he is. And uh, he basically almost uh, you know destroyed that net behind him, <laughs> in addition to his stick there and everything else. And then uh, you know last night, it's just again, it's just poor play and. Not being prepared, I, you know, I really want to ask you here. I mean, if you pull back here, we talk so much about the talent in this team, and, and we have obviously, uh, you know, looked at the coaching staff a little bit, but I think that's standing, that's glaring to me these last two games is, is the coaching because this swing back and forth, the roller coaster, if there's anything, like I said this before, if there's anything consistent about this Rangers team, it's about them being inconsistent, and I think you got to start looking at the guys behind the bench for that reason. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, we talked about this last time about the defense and and how, you know, at some point Quinn is going to have to look himself in the mirror or Lindy Ruff or wherever, you know, and say, look, this defensively is not working. I mean, we're into the new year now. 
Um, and, and they haven't made any adjustments on defense. I mean, it may be time to change the defense to the personnel they have. And look, we, we've gone over the defensive system um, that they're running out there. It's not very aggressive. Now, I don't know if they're doing that because they don't have faith in their defensemen um, and they're afraid if they're going to be too aggressive that they'll get burned. But, you know, this way isn't working either because there's a lot of running around. There's a lot of missed assignments. Um, so, you know, at some point you do have to look at the coaching staff, um, you know, as far as what's happening defensively. And like you said, and the inconsistencies, it's a young team and I get it. And that's going to happen. But, you know, right now the play is really fall, falling off the last two, three weeks. And, uh, you know, it's up to the coaches at some point to put an end to it. And, you know, you saw last night and there's some sort of inconsistencies with, with uh, you know, Quinn holding, you know, players accountable or not. You saw Kako was sat last night and he was having probably his best game in like a month. Um, now he did. Look, he took a penalty and I get that, that Quinn – uh, you know, again, wants to hold these guys accountable and let them know that, you know, you can't be taking, you know, those kind of penalties. But having said that, it seems that it only really comes down on the younger players. I mean, Strom leads the team in, in penalties and he's never sitting. You know, Kreider, you know, he's always in the penalty box and he's never sitting. So, you know, you wonder if and, and, and we talked about this last time, too, about some of the young guys getting frustrated where you saw Kratzoff leave and you've now seen Anderson um, ask for the trade and, and, and then leave, you know, you wonder if some of the young guys like a says, you know, I took one penalty. I'm having a great game, you know, and I'm sitting, but you know, I see Strom taking, you know, two penalties a night. Um, and he's still out there and look, not every player needs to be handled the same way. And I get that, but you know, like you said, there's a lot of, you know, sort of, uh, mishmash going on with this team right now. And Quinn really needs to grab the reins here and get, get it straightened out. Well, this is, this is this is like I said. It's it's a big. Um, it's especially for me. I mean, I don't even. I don't. Have you noticed? I, I'm looking at Quinn too. I mean, he looks every game. He looks like he's bleeding out of the eyes. I don't know if he's got bad contacts or whatever it is, but man, he looks really flushed these last couple of games. Uh, you know, you can see his demeanor in the uh, the post game. Obviously, the losses he's frustrated with, but he you know he's very short last night. He usually hasn't been that way in the past. Um, but you know, just and he seeing, lost and he lost his composure in Edmonton too. You know, he got the penalty, the bench penalty, and so, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know if uh, the pressure is getting to him or what. And Look, I, I'm still not going to come down on him. I've been defending him, you know, last night and then and then today, you know, on Twitter. I, I still think it's, you know, way too early. Everyone, you know, fire him now, and he doesn't know what he's doing. And, you know, again, he's still, he's still sort of growing with the team. We have to realize that this guy's only been around for, you know, a year and a half at this point. Um, you know, and he's growing with this young team. There's going to be bumps along the way. You know, I, I watched there was something on, uh, you know, uh, ESPN has those 30 for 30s on and they have one on uh, Coach K over at Duke and how they were ready to get rid of him. And after his first, you know, two years and he didn't know what he was doing. You know, that, sometimes it takes a little while for these guys to figure out again, young team going through the process. So, you know, I'm not ready to get rid of him yet or say he doesn't know what he's doing or that he's overwhelmed. Uh, but having said that, you know, we're going to need to see some of these things turn around, you know, by the end of the year. Yeah. You know, I, I may start questioning things going into next season. Well, I mean, that's where that's what my angle is here, too. Look, I've also been, you know, with you supporting him. I mean, you know, this is a rebuild. Well, there's patience. It's all that stuff that we've got to be involved here. But there just seems to be 
you know, and I've said this too. The only thing that's going to get Quinn out of here is if they go into a serious nosedive. This, these are two bad games. Um, you know, if they lose to Vancouver on Saturday night, I'm telling you right now, they're not beating Colorado at home next week. It would just have to be some kind of magical experience. Colorado's just a super team, uh, fast skill. They're going to come in there. and You know, just with the model that the Rangers have right now, I just don't see them being Colorado. So if they lose on Saturday night, they're going to lose next Tuesday as far as I'm concerned uh, against Colorado. And then, you know, the Devils and you go from there. I guess my thing is, is like I said, we sit back and we're going to be patient in the rebuild and everything. It's just some of the aspects of um, how they got blown out the other day. Um, how they just weren't, you know, these these are early games. They come in, and they're just outplayed. Um, and then the goal, you know, we were talking about the goaltending, and now the goaltending kind of gets a little uh, uh, susceptible, obviously. And then we talk about psyche and, and uh, mentality and morale and everything else. You know, we're talking about guys like Strom and Kreider who might be on the block. They're not getting touched here. They're not getting benched or anything. If if this team does become a young team completely here by next spring and and most of these other guys are kind of shipped out even though guys like Strom and Kreider are young guys too. But if the words getting around like Kako and and, and Brady Shea and guys are getting benched on play to me when you when you bench guys like that for penalties, you obviously you're you're just breaking up your lines. You're breaking up your um, you know, your ice time and everything else is a flow to it. I mean, if you kill a penalty, I look at it, give that guy a chance to, to get back out there and, 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 you know, make up for it. Number two, um, you know, as far as on the defensive side, that's more ice time now these guys got to pick up if you sit a guy like Brady Shea and everything else. So there's just a couple of things like uh, that I'm looking at right now. You know, one game here, two games here. But like you said, it seems to be, um, you know, Quinn's M.O. here. And you know, if if they if they continue to lose, is is this is what is this what we're going to just continue to see? Just guys getting benched and the mismatch, and you know, Zabanajad and Panarin running all over the place. They got physically outplayed too, man. They're getting pushed around. That's the other thing that uh, I'm kind of concerned about as well. Because a guy like Panarin can go out there and Zabanajad and Strom and some of these other guys. But they're getting pushed around a lot out there. And then you know, the breakdown, you know, against the officiating. I, again, I have no excuse. Uh, to me, that's just not an excuse. You got to play that. The best teams play through bad officiating, and then especially the coach. I'll give uh, Quinn a pass on that, literally, because, like I said, he usually doesn't lose it like that. Um, but that's something too that you know this. All this is wrapped around in a ball here, and it's some air starting to to break in and out of it. And um, I just you know these next couple of games here, and if it continues to go worse. Um, I don't know. I don't. I, maybe, maybe that's my thing. Maybe Quinn and, and definitely Ruff. We've talked about it, but you know, this is me and you, KD, and the fans. But how's JD and Gordon looking at this with their prospects in terms of um, whether or not future prospects are going to come in here? If, like I said, you know, he benches people and so on and so forth. Yeah, I I'm not necessarily worried about them going into a, a potential tailspin here because. We've been saying all year, it's not about wins and losses. It's about the process. So if they could, you know, if they go into Vancouver and lose, but, you know, maybe outshoot Vancouver and you see them doing things that they haven't been doing, not taking penalties, which is sort of crept back into a game, which was a problem early on, on again, undisciplined, which again, you can look at the coach at, you know, for the team being undisciplined. Um, but to me, it's more about the process. Are they continuing to develop? And right now, you know, you're not seeing it. You're seeing, you know, Kako struggling a bit and you're seeing Lingren seems to be falling off a little bit. And Buchnevich is, you know, has one goal in his last 16 games. And, you know, so, you know, I, 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 
am now seeing at a point where, look, it, it and players aren't going to develop, you know, day to day. They're not going to be better the next day from the last. There's going to be some some ups and downs, and I get that. But, you know, you're hoping that, you know, at this point in the season, Kako may be doing a little bit better. And, and again, I mentioned Buchnevich and, and KD, and it's, those... it's, KD, it's 40 games now. This is yeah, I 40 know. games. I know, and and you also have to also say it's only 40 games. You know what I'm saying? Like a rebuild, and I've been thinking to myself since the letter, you know, this rebuild is going to take, you know, four or five years before, you know, you're you're really a, a true Stanley Cup when, contender when you're building that foundation. And that doesn't happen overnight, and there, there are bumps and bruises along the way. But, yeah, I mean, you're going to have to start seeing some some progress here, you know, and, and look, it you know, Fox is nice and it's good to see that he's doing well. And, and, um, but, and D'Angelo and, and Strom is a nice story and, and, and whatnot, but you know, this team right now is in a little bit of a funk here for the last two or three weeks. And, you know, I'm interested to see how Quinn is going to deal with it. How he's, you know, is it just going to be, like you said, he's just going to start benching players left and right. And, and there's something to be said about that. And I get it. And what, what sort of keeps me from, from sort of losing it the way I see some other Ranger fans doing it. And I know Ranger fans have been getting criticized for, you know, carrying the Rangers water and, and Quinn's water because because I come up with excuses for it. But, you know, he they are trying to build a culture, you know, there, a, a winning culture. Um, so I think he's trying to teach Kako that. Like, I understand you're having a great game, but you can't take that kind of penalties. And you need to you need to know that, you know, Brady Shea. You know, I understand that you're putting up some points and and you're doing well offensively, but you're right now you're you're dreadful in the defensive end, and now you just took a bad penalty, and 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 you have to, you know, you can't allow that to happen because once you do, then you're really not gonna the the rebuild isn't gonna be successful. You have to let these guys know this is what we expect from you as players. Um, so he's he's letting them know that. And that's for me is what I'm hanging on to right now. You know, when you see a Kako get benched like that. And you see him sort of defer to veterans and 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 give Howden a longer leash because it's it's more about effort and uh, and discipline and that kind of thing. So, like, I get it and I get what he's trying to build. I just hope he's communicating that with his players like Kako, because you don't want Kako to get down on himself now. Like, wow, I had this great game. And, and next thing I know, I find myself sitting on the bench in the final three minutes of the game. So. You know, I think communication is key for Quinn, you know, while he sort of sets up that, um, you know, discipline and, and accountability and culture, um, you know, that we want. Yeah, um, they better start getting getting a hold of it soon here, buddy. I mean, maybe maybe you look at it that and maybe let's take the, the, the fans prospect or the outlook from this as well, too. And and let's use the Islanders and as, as an example. OK, there we have to. Yes, we, we have, have to, to. It could, because it. it, it it relates to the guys behind the bench, okay? Can we just call them a different name or something? All right. So the that other <laughs> squad married? that's that's near where we play. <laughs> but they've been going through their own sort of rebuild themselves, okay? And they they had young coaches in there, okay, with that squad, and they weren't getting it done. Or inexperienced coaches, let's say it was uh, – Dougie Waite and uh, his name, uh, uh, Capilano right now, was before that. And they got their guys. I mean, Dougie Waite they kind of went nowhere with, but uh, Cap, you know, had a little bit of success with them. They bring in Trotz, experienced guy, and obviously they brought in Lou Lamarillo here. And these two experienced guys now have 
um, made that a pretty well-oiled machine. They figured out a way uh, to make those young guys play, and they also lost their big stud. Tavares gets out of there, and they've still found a way. They're one of the best teams in the league right now. And I'm telling you right now, as a guy who watches the rest of the league, I got to tell I can't name maybe five or six guys on the Islanders that are their studs, their big guys or whatever. So to me, they're also doing with a bunch of no names. But the only reason I bring that up is because of the experience that's behind the bench there now. So flip back to the Rangers here. You're in a rebuild. The difference is, is that you're also have a, a young coach here too that, that we all like and we're all kind of riding along with and, and we get it and we're going to see where this thing takes us. But when you have these key prospects, you're 40 games in, you start seeing uh, similar habits that are continually happening, happening, uh, coaching decisions. You've said it on air here too. They've any bunch of the wins they've had this year, they they won on the backs of Georgiev and Hank as well too. So you could maybe look at the calendar or their schedule right now. How many other games could they have possibly lost? You know, uh, with with how they've been playing, and if not for the fact of the goaltending. So I think in the big picture here, and again, I'm trying to look through the eyes of J.D. and Gorton, where, yeah, the rebuild, and yeah, you're going to have patience, and yeah, we're going to have nights like this. But if there's a system here, or this thing I always say, there just still doesn't seem to be a system this team is playing. You know, and whether it's the fact that they don't they don't have the right components, whether what we talked about last week, two guys might be getting traded, uh, you know, the goaltending situation, and all these things lined up against the teams that they have to play on the schedule, and then they're not prepared, and it's the same kind of way. When they lose, it seems to be the same formula, and when they win, it just, you know, the talent shines, and they kind of pull a win out here and there. But when it's bad, it seems to be the same consistent, uh, you know, um, errors, style of play, mistakes, penalties, defensive lapses. And, you know, the coaches have also had 40 games too, KD. So that's that's my thing here where, you know, um, supporting Quinn and the staff and everything else through the rebuild, I think, like I said, you start looking at the, the system, the game, and that relies on the coaches. Preparation, getting blown out, all that kind of stuff. I think eventually has to, you know, you got to look at that. It's on them. That's what I'm saying. KD, it's on the coaching staff right now. I do. I mean, having said that, and I, and, and I think everything that you're saying is fair. And if, if a guy like say the Rangers hired trots, you know, two years ago, do I think they're probably in a better spot? Probably, you know, I, I think that they're, they're probably further along, but I mean, having said everything that you said, I mean, do you think that the players are tuning this, coaching staff out like why are they still undisciplined and why is you know Quinn actually had an interesting press conference the other day um, where he was discussing the defense and he was saying the players have to want to play defense you know you have to have that mentality that you're going to go in there and and want to play defense and I and and I think there's a lot of merit to that Um, but having said that I don't think that the coaching staff is putting these guys in a position to succeed you know, defensively, you know, I think they're making it that much harder. They're going to have, they have to work that much harder based on, on the system that, that, you know, they're running. So, you know, again, you know, he's sort of calling out the players for not working hard on the defensive end. You know, do you think that's because they're turning, you know, tuning him and, and rough out at this point, you know, because uh, I, again, they're benching players. They're, you know, putting in 
a system and he's saying you need to work harder and and obviously they're not so so what is going on that's the million dollar question and i yeah. think you might be on to something there. I think they are tuning these guys out a little bit. Oh, man. I, I hope think, not. That, that's well, a problem. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, if you if you take Lindy Ruff and you saw, you know, you pointed that out on Twitter last night about, you know, when Shea took the penalty and then, you know, you see Quinn, uh, I forget the fan who put it up, but you actually see the exchange where, where yeah. Quinn's going down to Ruff. So that's, you know, there's Quinn telling Ruff his guy's done. So he's basically saying, you know, this guy you're sending out for me on the defensive end, you know, he's just he's he's not doing it for me. So now you got to be the bad guy and tap him on the shoulder and tell him he's sitting the rest of the game, you know. And I, to me, sometimes it's it's a cop out for me, you know, just seeing a coach kind of do that and and benching, you know, bench. To me, if you go out there consistently, you take two or three penalties, excuse me, penalties, uh, you know, you're just caught, you're not doing anything productive out there. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and overanalyze uh, Brady Shea's entire game. Because I don't know exactly, I didn't get to watch every single minute of the game. But to me, like I said, it just when you pull a guy like that or whatever, you know, it affects Tom. But he, you know, he's the coach, right? So we're we're just the fans. We're the podcasters here. We're the guys, just you know, with opinions and everything else. These are the guys that are on the bench. We're seeing the guys on the play. And right now, yes, these are two bad wins. But again, if Saturday turns into another bad win, and they come back here and you look at the rest of the schedule, they've got three grinding, and I'm telling you, the Islanders will be salivating to play the New York Rangers in those three games this month, and then Columbus, too, a very tough team. There's a there's a little bit of a, a you know, uh, some turbulent water starting to uh, raise here a little bit uh, with the way these guys played the last two games, which to me have been tacked on to familiar uh, ways that they played in the previous, you know, whatever it is, night, you know, 35 games or whatever. So, if this carries over, I just think, KD, we can all honestly be collectively concerned right now. Yeah, I don't think that there's anything wrong with, with feeling that way, you know, currently. You know, just, hey, we're, we're at a turning point, you know, in the season here where we're, we're, we're close to potentially falling <laughs> off, you know, the edge here. You know, you know, are they going to pull up, you know, put on their big boy pants and suck it up and find a way to, to turn this thing around or are they just going to fall off the cliff, you know? You know, and, and I think for the most part, a lot of the coaches do the same. Like, I hear Trotz calling out, you know, his players for, you know, or the team for having a bad effort. But he's Barry Trotz! He's won a Stanley Cup! Well, he well, call yeah, everybody saying, out! <laughs> well, I, well, I mean, I just wonder if that goes back to the point of, you know, is it just, you know, Quinnison sort of commanding the room compared to a guy like Trotz, who obviously does. You know, and that's it. again, if that is what's happening, then, yeah, I'm going to be concerned with Quinn. I mean, I've definitely been, uh, you know, a cheerleader or in his corner. But, you know, if I'm here and the players are starting to tune him out, that that's a problem. He, you know, the coach is always the first one to go. You know, JD's not just going to get rid of, you know, all the players. No, the, no Quinn. way. Not this pool. We've seen the talent. It's too good. So that's yeah. that's where I'm talking about this in terms of uh, – you know, and I brought this up in an earlier podcast. To me, this is, you know, like I said, is um, morale. Um, you know how these guys are, are, are going to, you know, bounce back, and um, it's it, it can be very demoralizing. And if they're not, we don't know yet, obviously, KD. But if if there's a hint of it that they're tuning this guy out right now, you, you know, as professional teams go, that he's, you know, he might not make it. If it if it just like I said, if it's got to get really, it's got to continually. 
to get worse, obviously, KD. I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and say, you know, they're gonna fire, you know, Quinn next week or whatever. But, you know, we brought it up on the last episode. This month, January and February are huge months, and I guess, you know, we're just saying right now, it's not starting off very well. Yeah, and, and look, they and I know you you didn't want to put any credence on on the comeback the other night. I mean, they did. I mean, I don't know if that has anything to do with Quinn. I don't know if that's despite Quinn. But it was nice to see them at least fight back. But having said that, then they come out right out. It, there's zero carryover because they go into Calgary. And the next thing you know, they're down to nothing. Two terrible giveaways. Yep. So, you know, they're not getting any momentum from it, learning from it. You know, if it was Quinn sort of induced, um, you know, they really didn't take it that much to heart because it didn't carry over. So. Yeah, it's uh, look, I, you know, both of us, we we try to, you know, stay real positive here and, and, and put a good spin on a lot of this. But I, I do. I mean, you know, like I said, I think they're at a crucial part right now um, of the schedule of the rebuild of, you know, what's going on here. And yeah, I mean, you do wonder what's going through JD's head at this point. You know, is he does he start to question Quinn? And, and, and if so, you know, does he, does he have a quick hook here? Because you are, we, we talked about it in the last episode, you know, these next two months are, are, are going to be big spots as far as the rebuild. Cause you're looking to trade players now, potentially at the deadline, you're looking to see, well, who can I potentially move up in the lineup? We've given these young guys, a you know, a, a half a season now. So, so, you know, do we want to bring up a Kratzoff now? And, and can we get Anderson back in the fold? So, you know, he's a big two months and, and you can't play around here. If, if he doesn't think if he has any questions about Quinn, he, he can't hesitate here. Yeah. And there's a couple of guys that JD and Gordon can probably go to on this team right now. And that's Hank Panarin and Truba. Now Truba's gone ahead and he's played for uh, Paul Maurice, who's a very experienced coach throughout the years. Great history. Uh, doing very well in Winnipeg, obviously the last couple of years in terms of conference championships appearances. Um, Hank has played for Vigneault. He's played for Torts. Panarin has played for Torts. So as far as tough love and a coach that, you know, benches guys and, you know, says it all, you know, bears it all out in press conferences and practices and everything else. Uh, JD's been around John Tortorella, obviously, for a long time in the last few years, too. So I would kind of watch where, where those guys, uh, as far as maybe their input with reflection to where uh, Quinn is. And I can, I can certainly imagine, uh, you know, again, if it continues on this trip, on Saturday night, and we'll see what happens the next couple of games. I, I imagine if, if they all become losses, those guys might be pulled into the room and discussed with with regards to Quinn. Because, like I said, he's a second-year coach. And, again, Quinn, love the guy. I think he's great. Sometimes, you know, things just don't line up. And I guess if you're concerned for the rebuild and the franchise and your prospect and hopefully attracting other, you know, future free agents to come in here and the rest of your, uh, you know, young prospects and drafts that you're going to get, you know, when, when the drafts are made, you want to be like, Oh, I can't, I can't believe it. I'm coming to New York. Can't wait. I want to play for Quinn. That's what you want to hear. So I just think, you know, um, being a little redundant here, we're going to have to watch what goes on, but those three guys, Panarin, Truba and Hank are going to be three guys that I'm sure that uh, Gorton and JD are going to kind of look into and probably talk to as far as, you know, uh, where the pulse of the team is, you know, obviously JD and Gorton are smart enough guys. They can probably tell themselves, uh, and ladies and gentlemen, this isn't the fire Quinn episode. <laughs> this is just, <laughs> this is just, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, you could have legitimate criticisms about what Quinn is doing without wanting to have him fired. I mean, it's not, you know, binary. It's not like, 
you think he should fire, he's fired or he's the best coach on the planet. I mean, you know, like I said, I, I've definitely support, I've been behind him and you have this, this entire time we've been on the podcast, but you know, there are things to criticize about what he's doing. He's not perfect. I mean, no, nobody is, but you know, and, and right now there, there's look, I think it's, le- I think it's legitimate to, to question what he's doing. I think you could also see what he's attempting to do. Like I mentioned, I think he is trying to instill this culture um, and that doesn't always sit well with players. Not every, you know, not every player reacts well to being benched. Um, but that's a big part of being a coach. You know, which players can handle it, which ones can't, you know, which ones you have to put your arm around afterward and say, hey, look, I know I benched you, but this is why I'm doing it. You know, others you leave alone. So, you know, that's up to him to, to know the personality of his players, of his team and and take it from there. So. Yeah, no, I, I don't want him fired. I, I don't even think he should be close to being fired um, based on what's happening. I oh, think he's close for play- me, KD. He's <laughs> closer to me, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't. I think, look, the players are the ones who have to produce on the ice, ultimately. Yes. Um. So, you know, Quinn isn't out there taking the bad penalty. Um. You know, Quinn isn't out there turning the puck over um, on the power play or overpassing it on the power play. So it is on Quinn. However, you know, you brought up Truba, you know, we need to get him on the back on the first power play unit. My goodness. He's the only guy who shoots, mm-hmm. you know, we need to get him, you know, a, a, he's got to be in the position where he needs to look at his personnel and what should be out there. And, you know, after last night's game, I mean, these guys were, Oh, I know they scored twice on the power play, but that was when Truba's unit was out there. The second unit, because the first unit is overpassing. What else is new? Um, and, and you need to get that shot, shoot first mentality on, on that power play. So I definitely like to see Truba do that, but, um, it is ultimately on the players. I mean, they're out on the ice. Don't turn it over. If you're Brady Shea, don't be terrible at defense. You know, I mean, goodness gracious. Yeah, well, you know, playing for your coach, like I said, you can suck it up and just be a professional player and get out there, but there's another side of it too, KD, if you're not happy uh, with the system, how you're playing, uh, how the game's being run, and, and how the team collectively adjusts to adversity. You know, that game in Edmonton the other night was just, you know, horrible up and down. I know you, everybody, you know, talks about the comeback and stuff, but it was it was just mercy. It was just pity. It was just, it was disgusting. It was horrible. And it was just, you know, to me, it's got a bad taste in the mouth. And I think what you said before, too, they did not do themselves any justice with the way they came back and played last night, whether it's playing for your coach, whether it's playing for the uh, the crest that's on your jersey, um, they didn't really do anything for anybody last night, and that to me also concerns me as well too. KD, I know we're doing a, a quick episode here today. Um, just a, any other thing that you want to kind of you know jump in and get in uh, before we uh, cut this one today? Um, yeah, actually, you know what? Just quickly on, I know I went on like a Strom rant um, last time, and I mentioned <laughs> if he goes to arbitration, <laughs> I mentioned I got to clean something up. I said actually, I said if he goes to arbitration, he can get a one or two year deal. Actually, he can only get a one year deal. Because next year, the following year, would he be a UFA? So he can only get a one-year deal if he goes to arbitration. Which again is fine. I don't care if they kick the can down the road for another year with him. Might as well take advantage of him while he has the chemistry with with uh, Panarin. So I just wanted to sort of clear that up. Actually, something else we were talking about Anderson. I was like, I don't know if he's in an apartment in in Hartford or over in Sweden. Apparently, he went back to Sweden. I told so, you that's where you should go. Yeah, so I, I, I guess the team, and, and you mentioned it, I guess they, they may look to loan him to, you know, his, his former team over there or whoever. Um, so that may be where, you know, he ultimately ends up or what the team ultimately ends up doing with him. Well, 
where he ends up and where this current team ends up is is the, the dawning question that's going to be carrying on as we move into Vancouver before the boys head back home. KD, man, great stuff. Glad we got this in. Uh, I feel a little better venting. I don't know about you. How do you feel? A little better today, KD? No, I'm still angry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, what I'll say is this, and, I, you know, it, it's easy to get angry and, and whatever, but it's, you know, deep breath. You know, we're still in a rebuild. It's 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 not about wins and losses. It's about there are Ranger fans throwing bricks through their windows right now. I know. <laughs> I know. Look, I, look. I told you. I, I've been. I was told I ca- I'm carrying the water for the team, and am I on the payroll? Giant jugs. You know. I mean, it's funny. That's what you get for supporting your team these days. They'd say, "Are you on the payroll?" You know. I mean, look. I I, I love the Rangers. I I want to support the head coach. So I'm trying to figure out why he's doing what he's doing, and 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 I can see I can see why he's doing. It. I think there's positives of what he's doing. I just hope it doesn't uh, doesn't turn off the the players at the same time. So you know I'm going to support him until I I really feel there's a you know a time not to. So you know sue me for for supporting the team I root for coach. Everybody, put your life jackets on. There's some stormy weather ahead. All right, thanks so much for listening to Go Rangers Radio. Have a great weekend, everybody. We're back next week on a regular schedule. Oh, let's go, Rangers. Say goodbye to the folks, KD. Whatever, man. <laughs> Good night. Now, man. Take care, everybody.